most of us have had probably some point in life of extreme embarrassment. Uh, the, the hard thing about embarrassment is you, you can be running at a full perfection for a long time and, and doing everything you can to have your, your history known for something and your, your work known in its perfection, and then you just do that one embarrassing moment. And that, forever, is how you will be known. I remember there was a, uh, a professor in my university who was starting out in his career, had a kind of illustrious university education and a PhD, and, and he, he taught his hardest and everything and, and was working on building up his reputation. But then in front of a large lecture hall, he tripped over the projector and the projector cord. And now forever, in the history of the university, will he be remembered for that moment. Which, um, he was not my favorite professor, so uh, my feelings were mixed about the whole situation. But that is generally how it goes for us with those moments of embarrassment. Our reading in Matthew chapter 11 is generally the embarrassing moment for John the Baptist. Uh, it's, it's the moment that um, would seem as a blemish on his history and who he was. Uh, even in, in our reading today, Jesus calls him the Elijah that is to come. He even tells you, you know, as you hear this, you would, you would expect this. So those that have ears, let them hear. Um, and he, he says about John the Baptist is that he is, would be considered among the greatest. For those that are able to follow the law, he is among the greatest. He, none can stand up to him. So even all of those Pharisees that came out into the desert to challenge John the Baptist find that they cannot hold a candle, really, to his greatness when it comes to obeying the law or upholding the word of God as it has been revealed. And, and certainly John the Baptist, kind of with, uh, with the, the Baptist preacher of fire and brimstone, spoke with great um, audacity to the Pharisees and, and calling them out for their own sin. But here would be what we would probably consider an embarrassing moment because it's a public moment of doubt. Most of us want to try and hide it away or, or put it under cover. But here John has made it public and has sent his disciples to ask the question of the one whom John had even said, here is the Lamb of God who is to take away the sins of the world. Here is the one whose sandals I am not worthy to tie or to hold or untie. And yet John sends his messengers to ask this question, are you really the one? If you, if you have sat in either of my Bible studies on Matthew, we, have, we, we spent a great deal of time in this section talking about this because of how important this interaction actually is and the way it shows John the Baptist and what he's dealing with. You see, John is not unlike any of the rest of us because John has seen the Messiah, he's, he's known Jesus to be the Christ, yet looking around at his circumstances, they have remained unchanged. He is still battling with the Pharisees. 
He's still having to hold up his end of the law. He's still out there calling those to repentance. And in fact, it has actually landed him in jail. In a situation where John the Baptist knows he is most likely not getting out of jail. That will be his end. And so he is like us in the sense of having experienced the Christ. But the visuals have not changed. (laughs) Things are still hard. There is still a difficulty to things. I've preached about it uh, in a couple of Sundays through Advent of looking at the state of the world and noticing how it's still a problem. Pain is still there. Death is still occurring. Those who see themselves as powerful still continue to haunt those that are weak. Jesus calls him, in the midst of this, still the greatest. And I think that that is a point of this text that should not be lost on many of us, that despite everything that John just said (laughs) and everything that he questioned, Jesus still looks at him and calls him, among the greatest. But even that greatness is not going to make him great in the kingdom of God. And his greatness with his law, his perfection in its accomplishment, his ability to preach well and and bring hearts to repentance, greatest in the kingdom of uh, the kingdom of the world will be least in the kingdom of heaven. How can Jesus make such a statement? This is where we need to turn our eyes to the text of Isaiah. Uh, A commonly known text here that is given to us to uh, read through in Advent, one that is uh, often repeated in different ways, and it has beautiful language uh, that has been handed down to us of the wilderness and the dry land shall actually be glad and the desert shall rejoice and blossom. It shall be abundant and rejoice with joy and singing and uh, the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. A description of the time in which we live, a time that is between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. A time in which the weak knees are to be strengthened and the hands to be strong once again. And how can this be? And Isaiah answers that as he says in verse 8, And the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it. Right. Depending on your translation, it will say the, the unrighteous will not pass over it or, or the unclean will not pass over it. And to us, it sounds like in order to be on this highway, this road that is being led through the desert, that you yourselves must be clean. You must be righteous. You must be like John the Baptist the greatest 
among the rest. And certainly there have been many preachers over time who have preached it this way. Christ is coming back, so you better get yourself clean. But we know because of the Gospel that you are not on this way because of your cleanliness. You are not on this highway in the desert because of your perfection. You are not on this highway being led through the deserts by our Lord because you can be counted like John the Baptist. But rather, it's the highway itself that is making you clean. It is the way that has been paved by the blood of Christ that is making you clean. It is the way that is led forward by the cross in front of you that is making you clean. That is why Isaiah goes on to say, and don't be offended by this too much, even the fools shall not go astray. Because if it was left to the power of the fools, they couldn't stay on the road. They couldn't be on the highway. But instead, the way has been marked by Christ. It has been by His blood that you are made clean. It has been by His wisdom that you are no longer a fool of the world. On this road, on this path, John the Baptist, his obedience is not what keeps him there. On this road, it's, it's not your ability to maintain your strength of faith. It's not your ability to stay positive in the midst of chaos or to be a light in the dark. It's actually Jesus, the one who's made this path, the one who is that highway, the one whose blood has cleaned it for you the one who has cleaned you. So Isaiah continues, on this road, there will be none to take you away. The lion shall not come upon it, the beast shall not be there, they shall not be found there at all, but the redeemed shall walk. are now the kingdom of God. You are the ones who have been put on this path. You walk it by His righteousness, by His cleaning, by His blood, by His redemption given to you. And so Isaiah ends with verse 10. A verse that I pray that maybe John the Baptist remembered in his prison cell. That he remembered before he was come to take it away and to die for his preaching and his teaching. The ransomed of the Lord shall return. They shall make their way down this path towards Zion with singing and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. 
They will obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. On this path, you are a people walking towards Zion with singing. Not being haunted by your embarrassing moments. Not being reminded and remembered for your sins or your doubts. The times in which you ask the question of God himself, are you really the one? But instead you are looking towards what is in front of you. A time when sighing and crying time when sorrow and hardship flee from us. Amen.